Okay. All right. Welcome back to the Council of Lit. Thank you to the listeners for checking in to our live audience today. And thank you, Chris, for being here. And thank you, Wolfgang. And thank you, Spirit. So Wolfgang here is going to introduce our amazing divine brother. And uh, let's let's get this thing popping. Alrighty, thanks again, all of the Council of Lit members for tuning in for another episode. And uh, yeah, we got a we got a really special treat for you all today. Um, the man we got on, he is uh, the lead visionary of Find a Spring and Alive Water. He's a crypto connoisseur, and uh, he knows how to keep it fully lit. Here he is, Chris Sanborn. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Happy to be here, guys. Thanks, bro. Thank you and welcome. We're also going live on Instagram and we're also going live on Facebook. So we might at some point answer some questions from some of our live listeners. So, um, yeah, I guess let's just uh, let's jump right into it. Let's just jump right into it. Chris, where'd you come from? Where are you going, bro? You're the owner of a, of a company called uh, Live Springs, right? Or living a live water and find a spring, find a spring. Yeah, a live water and find a spring. Can you want to talk about that a bit and and how you had that vision and and why you created that in the first place for us? Yeah, so um, I started a live water about six or seven years ago, Um, just going to the spring myself and collecting water. And I immediately just felt so good, like so much peace and energy and just being outside and yeah I never really experienced that before having living water um, and I realized uh, all bottled spring water you get at the store it's processed with like UV light ozone gas kills all the healthy microbes um, and it's done for shelf stability so the water can just sit in a hot warehouse for months and not turn green and um, yeah, it's great if you're trying to save costs and, and that kind of thing, but um, obviously you're taking out a lot of the good healthy microbes and probiotics and stuff. So yeah, we started just filling up uh, some glass carboys and by hand and bringing it to my neighbors and everyone was super stoked and um, things started to grow and we needed a, a more uh, legit operation so then we I kind of looked around all over the west coast for a few months and then I found uh, Opal Springs in Oregon which is one of the best springs uh, on the planet and yeah we, we started uh, scaling that uh, right now we delivered to about 1750 families in the San Francisco and LA areas. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, it feels really good. It's a, it's a really rewarding to see how much it, it impacts people's lives, like really dramatically changing their health in, that, in such a big way so many times, just something simple as changing their water. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that the last few years. And then uh, about a year or two ago, I got the opportunity to purchase Uh, Find a Spring, which is a global database of cold and hot springs created by the community. Oh, it's got hot springs also. Yeah, so I added hot springs since I uh, took it over. And we've just been building that out for the last last little bit. And we're really excited. We just launched a new site with that 
uh, lots of new features coming soon. And uh, I also recently just converted that into a nonprofit. So amazing. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. So find a spring so someone can just log on and look. You said it was a global, right? So they can just like look in their immediate area around them and find the closest cold or hot spring and go check it out. Is that how it works? Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all created by the community. You know, there's, um, there's ways you can like find springs in your area that might not even be on the map yet. That's oh, kind wow. of exciting. So you can contribute to the community in that way. Or even if there is a spring that's already on the site, you can put photos on there. Oh, nice. Upload water test results, let people know what's going on with the spring. Cause sometimes they change like their flow rate throughout the year or access or, hmm. you, you know, you just have better directions or something. So really there's a way everyone can contribute to, um, making good clean water available for everyone. And also, you know, changing the mentality of water, of not taking it for granted of how important it is. You really start to realize that when you're collecting it yourself, how precious it is, how sacred it is. Um, and you, you start to think about how important it is to protect these sources and, um, yeah, just figuring out how to stop toxicities from going downstream and the whole thing wow and uh you mentioned it's a non-profit when you you bought this company and then you turned it into a non-profit or you created it and as a non-profit good question so uh daniel vitalis um created find a spring a little over a decade ago and they never really had it as a business it was more just like a public service to people um, they never had like an LLC or anything formed. Um, so when I took it over, you know, I just wanted to, to make sure that it was, um, something that, that could be just more of a service to humanity. And, you know, if, if people want to donate, they can tax deductible donations. And, um, yeah, I feel like that was the best way to kind of make, make things, uh, more just a way to give back with that piece nice but if people want to buy you also offer products as well you know like what would you call it's like really like sacred geometry kind of glassware and containers like, right? containers different, and different stuff like sizes that. also mm -hmm. and you yeah. get that through a different website and through a different company basically or is it all yeah so alive waters is the llc that we have um that provides water delivery in uh to most places in california uh more places coming soon some exciting announcements dropping for that um and we also sell glass through alivewaters.com you go on there we've got uh two and a half gallon glass jugs uh really nice glass dispensers one gallon um and one liter bottles um, so yeah, it's like the whole thing from collection to storage to, um, to really enjoying it. Yeah. That's amazing that you've taken a product and your own business and through that abundance or through putting yourself in that position, you're able to also preserve and to do things like create a nonprofit or to kind of hold that space through cultivating what you are in your life. That's really honorable and noble of you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of fun, and I've I've made a lot of money <laughs> from, from doing it, and it's one of those things where it um, uh, 
I feel good about about making a lot of money because I know that I'm gonna you know do good things with it and mm-hmm. um, yeah I think money is a uh, is a very necessary uh, useful thing that um, is is great to have when you when you're uh, and knowing that you're gonna do like more good things with it you know that karma builds and it just compounds in that way yeah well that's cool man it's cool to see um, a fellow member of the community and a friend of ours giving back in such a such a huge way and um, holding place for that space for people to find springs and to share what they know and to to just help educate people too about um, living spring water and and that too because you, you kind of touched on it a little bit like the microbes and the probiotics but maybe say there's somebody listening who doesn't really know like the benefits of drinking spring water is there maybe like a little bit you could talk about to that like what yeah, what benefits sure. can you get from drinking out of a spring as opposed to like store-bought kirkland water or something like that well i think it's like with anything right it's like i could tell you guys like yeah, you should do yoga and meditate because you're going to feel better afterwards. But it's like, unless you really do it, yeah. it's just words, mm-hmm. you know? So like if you go to a spring, it's like, it's a whole experience and you, you feel it, you feel the, um, the sacredness, you know, these are, these are sites, these springs that the water has been charging, um, with the energy of the earth, um, and you know potentially people have been collecting water from these springs for thousands of years the native americans in our case where we are um but yeah just from like a scientific level you know a lot of people are like on the kangen thing nowadays and yeah yeah what are your thoughts on on filtered water or well you know i think there's a hierarchy um of what's the best water and you know not everyone can go to a spring and um you know have that luxury you know if someone lives in new york or right they don't feel like they have time or 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 the resources um i mean you know i I do feel like it's priorities you know um but yeah so like filtered water so there's no there's even if you're um, getting like really pure filtered water, right? Like you're, there's no minerals in there. So in, in chemistry class, we learned that water is the universal solvent. So what that means is like, it can actually break down your body. It'll like strip minerals from you if it, cause it's trying to find that homeostasis from it's like normal form oh so if it doesn't have minerals it might take the minerals like if it's that are in your body of all of that exactly if, yeah so almost like too purified in a sense yep okay um and then you look at something like kangen right where um it's super super high ph and our bodies are just not adapted to to thrive from that you know we've as a species we've drank raw spring water for 99.9 percent of our existence and then all of a sudden um you know we can't think that we're gonna of course like humanity does adapt and like it's just not the most natural high vibe thing um so yeah with something like kangen the super high ph um it's actually like diluting potentially diluting your stomach acid because it's this high alkaline right interesting 
a lot of people get like really sick um, wow. from doing that and like really mess themselves up and um, from having too alkaline water. Totally. That's definitely, um, definitely a thing. Is there a way to like work your way up to that point maybe of like a higher level of alkalinity or like, cause like spring water is naturally more alkaline, right? Um, it depends. There's, there's, yeah. Do you test, I don't want to change. Do you test the water like where you get it? Like, do you guys do testing? Yeah. So, um, to answer the first question, like some springs are like naturally just slightly acidic. Okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with that really, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like testing, you know, we do a really comprehensive test on our water delivery, uh, for our water delivery spring. And what's cool about that spring in particular is there's no radioactive fallout. So like right now we're actually breathing in radioactive fallout. Or if you were to like test a spring, that's like a surface spring, right? Could still be a good spring. Like there could be just a little bit of traces, but you would know it's not either from a really, really like ancient aquifer aquifer or the other idea that's, um, that's getting more evidence supporting it is that, uh, there's primary water sources on the planet. And that's the idea that there's either like a huge reservoir of water that's like beneath the Earth's crust, or there's actually a chemical reaction in the Earth's crust that creates this water brand new. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it's like there's nothing more pure than that. That's that's okay. that's crazy. So to cycle back though, in let's awesome say way. let's say you're in a city or you're it's like it's really difficult for you to get this kind of water, find a spring lo- like locally. What can people do then? That's a good question. Um, so yeah, you know, I would say the the hierarchy would be like unprocessed fresh spring water, top tier, top tier. If you can collect it yourself, you know, we always tell people that's the best way. You have that relationship get to go outside, get exercise. Um, but you know, if you live in, in Los Angeles, like there's not that many good springs. You gotta drive three, four hours just one way. Wow. Um, so yeah, then, you know, below that would probably be like your normal bottled spring water, preferably in glass because even like BPA free plastic still leaches like bad stuff. Um, and then below that, you know, maybe um, a Berkey filter. Okay. Because um, I've heard that they actually take out the fluoride, um, which is hard to get out of water, but still kind of keep the minerals. I don't know how true that is. I think honest. they have a, I because ha- I have a Berkey at my house, actually. Um, they have a separate fluoride filter that you have to buy. Right. Um, they don't fluoridate the water here. Um, luckily, yeah, so, Hawaii is one of the few places yeah. they don't fluoridate, except near the military bases. I think they do, really, which is an interesting mm. little tie-in. You that can kind of think about that. Uh, the viewers come up with your own assumption on why that might be, mm. but um, yeah. So supposedly, like the main carbon block filtration system gets out like um, chlorine and other kind of contaminants while leaving a m- more majority of the minerals, because that's something that we thought about, because um, we our previous roommate had a Kangen that we were using and we kind of got used to that. And then he left and he took his Kangen back and, you know, we, we go and um, fill up spring water as much as we can, but you know, I got a kid and stuff and it's not always like, totally, you I know, get it. you know, 
not trying to make excuses, but I know, I know what it's like collecting fresh spring water and I'm definitely an advocate for that. But sometimes, you know, got to use a filter at home and, um, the burgie has been great. Good vibes from that. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I like that you can, you know, swap out just the filter element. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Um, it seems more disaster proof also compared to the Kangen because you don't need electricity and you can literally take it to the river if you need to and just put straight river water in there and you can drink that in a sticky situation like say if the power goes out or something like that that's very true that happens a lot where we live up up north you know um flooding can happen power outages and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. i like to try and keep it as disaster proof as i can yeah um so yeah yeah so that those are you know working our way down the lines like berkey's are definitely like some of the better options Mm -hmm. um and then below that i would probably say just you know uh like reverse osmosis water just like some of the machines at the stores. Yeah. Like if you live in the city, you know, obviously you don't want to be drinking chlorine and right. Like some cities now are recirculating the, the waste sewage water. So, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause I, you know, it's like, okay, well yeah. Get spring water delivery. If you live in LA, like, you know, you have that option. What about like for your shower, right? Like you're mm. still absorbing all that through your skin. Wow. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of money. I bought like, I bought like five different shower filters. Like, okay. Like trying them all out. Well, not just trying them, but like test, testing them. Yeah. Testing them before and after. And they all like, they didn't do much. Wow. Some were actually worse. Even the Kangen? Really? It made the water worse because it must have been like concentrating the chlorine or something. I know. So, you know, if you're in that situation, like you could could get a whole house filter. They're pretty expensive, but yeah, the the bathing thing's a tricky one. Is there a Mm -hmm. shower filter that you would recommend that works or have you been not very lucky finding one? I mean... You know, the the house that I'm renting right now, they have, uh, it's just, you know, it's chlorine water. So we just use, uh, I think we have like an Aquasana filter on there. Okay. the one we use. It seems like, it seems like it helps the chlorine. Yeah. Some, but yeah. So something came up uh, when you were talking about the water machines and the reverse osmosis. Now, I've heard reverse osmosis can actually be one of those more harsh um purifiers and can strip a lot of the minerals away is that's that what i've heard is that too, right yeah. oh totally so yeah. is there a way then to remineralize the water or yeah how does sure. that work i mean i mean if if that's your only option yeah i mean some people put salt back in there mm-hmm. most natural spring water has a little bit of, of natural sodium okay um and you know, there's other things you can do. It's just, it's not going to be the same type of mineral that would like, if you, it was just coming right out of the spring, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can't recreate that. Yeah. It's like, you can try, you can try all you want, but right. Yeah. We actually just had a question from the live audience. Um, is there a way to know just by looking at a spring, if it's from an older aquifer or not? Mm. That's kind of interesting question. That is that a is. good question. Um, I would say it's, that's, it's kind of tricky 
to to know just from first from first glance. Um, that being said, I I I have drinking from so many springs, like just hiking that you just like see it coming out of the rock, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, like this looks really clean. I'm in the wilderness, like it's coming right out of the rock. I can probably drink it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and that like, it not saying that that's bad, even if it were to have that little bit of radioactive uh, isotope. Like I said, we're breathing it right now. Right. What is what causes that, or where uh, does that come well, from? Well, it was created when they had the nuclear bombings. Wow. Yeah. I didn't like Hiroshima that was and still prevalent and all that. Yeah. yeah. So that's how that's how you can test if if water has been ever on, been on the surface of the Earth if you find those radioactive isotopes in it. Wow, that's good to know. So water that comes from beneath the Earth wouldn't have those because it's mm-hmm. underneath all that. Um. Well, not necessarily just beneath the earth. Like there are aquifers, you know, that you, you think of like the rain comes down in these big aquifers and then, yeah. you know, maybe the, the, it comes up the top of the mountain, the rain comes down and then you've got like a spring down here, right? Yeah. So um, it's more just the ones that are either from a really ancient aquifer, like maybe that water's been in that aquifer for hundreds of years or a primary water source. Interesting. Wow. Crazy. The world of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can tell it's really important to you. It's interesting that your partner is so into water as well. It's, can you guys kind of attracted each other through your reverence and respect for the water world, you know? Yeah, that's that's been really, really cool to see how that <laughs> manifested. And uh-huh. She, you know, Dakota is my my best advisor. Hmm. She's she's just um, I check in with her a lot about things, just getting a second opinion, and I'm really grateful to have that in a partnership. It's like that that counsel and that wisdom that comes from empowered women. You know, it's 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 really uh, valuable. Yeah, she definitely schooled us when she came on, taught us a lot about. <laughs> things that we didn't really know anything about so that was cool yeah it's funny i kept i like we kept trying to end the podcast and i was like wait more questions i have so many more (laughs) questions for you (laughs) you know just like that divine counsel basically so Mm -hmm. i'm glad you have that every day bro yeah grateful (laughs) yeah should we we can keep talking about water stuff though too it's such a fascinating do you feel like there's more that you want to share in, in those regards as to what would not maybe help to enlighten people? And- yeah, or maybe like some tips to give people who want to do better with their water. Yeah, or- I mean, check out findaspring.com first mm-hmm. and foremost. Um, and yeah, see if you find, can find a spring. Um, you can add to it if you yeah, know any that aren't on there. Yeah, if you do see it, the add to it. You can get karma points. Well, we're working on this feature you get karma points for like the more you add and then you get like a discount on glass. Oh, cool. So that's kind of a cool way to gamify it. I like that. Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if you don't see a spring, um, you can, you can look at this app called Gaia GPS and you can load an old, uh, forest service maps actually have springs on there. Oh, wow. And that's actually, really good knowledge. Yeah. I've actually found plenty of springs through there and piped them and everything amazing yeah so that's like another way um you know two ways i would say that people can um can really see Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's near them how do you feel about the like 
springs being pri- like uh, owned by a private company like Nestle, for example, or whatever. Like, how does that? How do you feel about that? Yeah. So you know, the spring that that I source my water from is owned. Well, I'm not sure if Deschutes is actually a private company. I mean, I'm we're a private company. You know, I think there's there's a good way to do it and there's a bad way to do it. There's like companies like Nestle, they're not just taking what freely flows from the spring, they're also like potentially like drilling drilling um, into the wells and Ooh. and taking it so fast that it's depleting those aquifers. So actually what that means is the springs in that area, the natural springs are not going to flow anymore because they're taking all of that water for themselves so yeah i would say definitely stay away from from nestle the monsters coligan like any of those guys like you know i've heard they use tap water too like some of the stuff they put is just like straight up tap water so the two so 30 billion dollars a year is is how much water bottled water is sold in the united states 30 billion 30 billion Holy cow. The two biggest sellers of bottled water, um, over a billion dollars each, are Coca-Cola with Dasani and Pepsi with Aquafina, which is literally uh, just um, purified tap water in in single-use plastic. Oh, man. That's (laughs) another thing, too, Matt. Big up to you for the glass company and getting away from plastic as well and not adding to the, the problem on this earth in that way. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you know, you guys go to the beach here in Hawaii oh, and you mm-hmm. see the plastic and yeah. it's like, it's just not, it's not going away unless we, totally. we, we got to change something. Bro, I, I was on a boat ride the other day and I just, I, I saw so many whales all around just doing their thing. You know, they give birth in Hawaii, correct? And you know, um, I saw plastic in the ocean, like everywhere. It was really sad, just mm. floating along, you know, these wild animals, and you just see all this plastic in the ocean, like, man. And we're like in a pretty removed, remote place, you know, being in Hawaii, yeah. and to even see it. And like, even when I first got to the island, I was like, wow, what's this? Like, what are these beautiful crystals in the sand? And I'm like, oh wait, this is just a bunch of plastic. Like, what is this? But anyways, side note. Yeah, and you know, it's, that's the type of thing that um, with the right technology and, and resources, you know, we have, we can scoop all that plastic up and, mm. and recycle it and, and turn it into, you know, hey, I think we need plastics for some things. Mm-hmm. Like plastic's great and like the way that it's being used now is not, is not great. So mm-hmm. yeah, excited to see that change in our lifetimes. Yeah, I get this impression from you that you're using your um, your action and how, what you're cultivating in your life to also make positive changes, you know? And I really just respect that about you. Thank so you. So let's like keep highlighting that. What else are you doing, bro? That's, that's uh, you know, moving in conscious directions. Well, you know, the cryptocurrency. Yeah, I was baby. just gonna say, maybe we switch <laughs> gears a little bit because you mentioned money and, and how money's a good thing. And uh, yeah. money has been really changing a lot mm-hmm. in the past year, even. I heard like, what was it, like 20 to 30% of all of the paper money in circulation was printed last year? It's more than that, bro. It's like 40% now. 
40 percent oh, of all my dollars God. were created within the last 12 months what does that do like for inflation and what does that mean for the american dollar it means every day your dollar is worth less you and know that's why I mean, prices we, for everything's going up too yeah exactly um and you know inflation in the past it's like we all know inflation is just uh a something that happens with um with central reserve currency or fiat currency um but yeah it's it's been exasperated lately so that's really been waking people up to the idea of like oh wait maybe this u.s dollar thing that's the global reserve currency right like i do business in in countries all around the world and they actually they want their payment in u.s dollars because it's, you know, the U.S. has had this strong, like what they call the petrodollar, right? Like tied to a bar- barrel of oil. It's like, oh, we'll, we'll buy oil from you, but you got to pay us, uh, uh, you got to accept our money in dollars to perpetuate this, like, you know, this power of like the U.S. dollar. Um, but yeah, so we're seeing now that, you know, holding your money in dollars the they're an infinite resource they can just always print more and then what happens when they print more right like so the stimulus money like a lot of it it's trickle down economics so the first chunk of money goes to the bankers the corporations big business business, all the people that are um you know in good with the politicians and then what do we get at the end five was like a six hundred dollar check yeah it's like it's just it's deplorable especially after all of the money they've printed how much is that really going to get you yeah exactly so you know that's where something like bitcoin is um is the soundest money on the planet there's 21 million bitcoin that's all there ever will be so by holding by by transferring your money into this currency it's it creates sovereignty it creates abundance um you know, if I want to send you a hundred dollars right now, like, you know, I could either go through PayPal or Venmo, or I could just not have to deal with them at all. Them saying like, oh yeah, it'll be a, you know, a few days maybe before you can withdraw it or it can only send this much, whatever. No, they'll charge fees. Yeah. With Bitcoin, it's like, you know, very low transaction fee and I can just send you as much as I want. You'll have it in a few minutes. Um, so that's where the sovereignty piece is really cool. Cause it's not like the bank can dictate how that money is, uh, is flowing. And then the big game changer this year, there was a couple game changers with decentralized, um, cryptocurrencies. One of them is, uh, decentralized finance. So, you know, obviously banks aren't all that bad. We've probably all taken car loans before, you know, sure. there's mortgages on a house. There's all of these things that, that, um, banks do provide, uh, great services for, but, um, that is actually becoming something that, um, is going to be needed less and less with decentralized finance with decentralized finance. We become our own banks. So, um, basically what that means is all of my Bitcoin goes into a savings account um, where it's accruing 
like 5% annual interest in Bitcoin, 5% more every year, I'll have 5% more Bitcoin. On the other end of that is um, the decentralized application is basically lending that money to other people, right? So you can get loans on your holdings, basically. Exactly. And that's, and that's why I think we're so early to this because um, when people realize that, like, how much are you going to get in a savings account on your dollars, even if the price were to stay the same? Way less than 5%. Yeah, it's really low, yeah. Oh, it's less than 1%. And your, your dollars nothing. losing value every day the more they print more. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make exactly. sense. Putting it in a bank is silly. Exactly. And so even if you, you know, you can convert money to stable coins and it'll get, like, a stable coin is, like, a, a cryptocurrency that's, like, one coin is pegged to a U.S. dollar. Those get, like, up to 10% uh, interest every year. So not only is it, you know, cryptocurrencies always go up in value over time. They might be volatile now. Um, yes. And, um, you know, the value is going up because people realize there's actually real scarcity there. There's actually sound economics. Um, and the big thing that's so cool with DeFi is like, say I want to buy a house. Um, I can use my Bitcoin as collateral and I take out the loan in, um, in us dollars to still have to, you know, be able to participate in that system. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, there's things like, um, like having like crypto credit, like debit cards mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. you know, everything I buy was, was either Bitcoin or Ethereum at one point. So it really makes the hmm. application, um, practical. Where you can spend cryptos anywhere. Yeah. How is the individual protected if they're getting their t- like you have a certain amount of crypto and there's loans being taken out upon that? Like you're a bank now yourself. How are you protected in that way? Does that make sense? Totally makes sense. Like so, the people that are giving you the loans and stuff. Like how do we how do we trust those institutions and yeah. those people? So let's do a very simple example. One Bitcoin just hit $50,000 today. That's what I wanted to talk about. The first time in history. We're breaking records, people. (laughs) (laughs) We out here. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. It's like people are always like, oh, I wish I would have gotten in at a dollar. I wish I would have gotten. Right. It's like when Bitcoin's this time next year worth $500,000, it's like, are you going to say that again? It's like, you know, it's still just so early. Um and you know you can you can put a hundred bucks and you don't have to get a whole bitcoin um but okay so say i have fifty thousand bitcoins worth fifty thousand dollars today okay i want to take out a loan i can take out half the value of that cryptocurrency so they hold that like you give them that they keep as collateral yeah so they can say they have my bitcoin as collateral here's your twenty five thousand dollars okay once you pay us back that $25,000, you can have your Bitcoin back. So if I default on the loan, take the money and run, cool, we'll just sell his Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. If I get that okay. money back in a year from now, Bitcoin always goes up in value over time. Mm-hmm. So that's why like, I'm never going to sell my Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's more and more places that can now that are can accept, now accept it. it. Yeah, like to the PayPal. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean PayPal's they're shady. I you know, people are always like, Oh cool, PayPal has crypto now. I'm like, don't do that because they are 
um, they're restricting the way that it was really meant to be. It's like, if you look at, at PayPal, it's like you can buy and sell, but you can't send it. You can't take it out of the PayPal like Correct. wallet. Well, yeah. I mean, so you, you could, so you, you could actually, cash it out. But, but you, you can't transfer the, like you couldn't buy a Bitcoin through your PayPal wallet and then send it to a separate wallet. Correct. There's other people doing that too, like uh, like some stock exchanges, like uh, Robinhood. I yeah. think. Yeah. So it's like you're, shady. You're, it's like so a shady. paper Bitcoin almost. Like on paper, you have it, but you actually don't have it because you can't take it out. Yeah. They have it. So that just goes against the whole principle of like sovereign money. Right. You know, it's like, are you really in control of your money? Then no, no, you're not. That brings me to another thing I wanted to ask you about. Um, seems like more and more people are getting into the trading aspect of uh, Bitcoin and making money off of trading these coins and, and doing this stuff. And a big thing that's come up lately with people that I've been talking to is, is taxes and getting taxed on, on your cryptos and your crypto gains. And maybe you could talk a little bit about that, how you feel about that maybe and what. Yeah, I mean, who likes taxes, right? Isn't that, <laughs> isn't that a part of why crypto is so cool is because it's like trying to get away from that system or like. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's fuck you money. Yeah. It's like you can't like right the, right now like if you have a bank account the government can just seize your funds or the bank yeah. can just say we don't want to do business with you anymore i've i've had that happen like banks just like oh yeah come get your money uh we're not going to tell you why but we just don't like you come get your money we don't care that you banked with us for three years mm -hmm. um you know you can the government can do a tax levy and they just take your money right so yeah that is like you know that being said, it's like, you know, I think our taxes do go to, to some good things. Like, of course we need roads. Right. Um, you know, there's, there are good things. Um, you know, having, having our parks protected and well-maintained. Um, and you know, there's, there's, when you're converting dollars to cryptocurrencies, the, um, the, the trading, uh, like Coinbase, the or exchanges, the exchanges. Yeah, that's the word. They have to, um, you know, they have to report that. They got to get your data and yeah, stuff. know your customer. social security number, ID, photo, yeah, address. So you know that being said, um, you like by law, you are not. You're only taxed on crypto if you actually make a profit out of it. Like if you, if you buy Bitcoin and for actualize 25, it, right? Like sell it, sell it. Okay. Right. So yeah, you know, there's ways to get around that. There are private wallets and you know, it's like, we all know how, how efficient the government is in, in anything. So, you know, I have multiple wallets and I'm sending money and, tr and trading all over the place. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot harder for them to track. Um, that being said, like if you are smart with with how you do it, then um, you shouldn't shouldn't be um, creating a taxable event. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, like that was one thing I thought of is like, so you get a gift from someone. Um, someone's like, "Happy birthday, bro! Here's some Bitcoin." Yeah. And then you get into a pinch. You need some USD. You sell it on an exchange. Is that something you then have to pay taxes on, or is there like a certain limit Legally, of gift? Legally, yes. Okay. Legally, yes. I, I would think so. That that's a good question though, since it's a gift. Right. I think there's like a certain number of like gifts that you mm -hmm. can receive per year, or something that's yeah, like that, non-taxable. That sounds true. Or mm -hmm. something like that. 
Um, hmm. Unless you're a politician. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, so, maybe, maybe let's uh, get into like some some more coins and stuff. Uh, you mentioned Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, so Bitcoin's like the monster and the 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 main cryptocurrency out there that probably most people yeah. have heard of. And sixty to seventy percent of the entire market share, is, which is now is Bitcoin fluctuating between nine hundred billion and over a trillion dollars, right? Uh, we just hit one point four billion. One one point four trillion. trillion. Right. Yeah, today Bitcoin is worth nine hundred billion dollars market cap. Hmm. Incredible. Yeah. So, you got Bitcoin, the monster, fifty k today, breaking records. Ethereum. Let's talk a little bit about them because I'm definitely invested into Ethereum. I think Kaylee is as well. Mm -hmm. You, I know, are. Tell, <laughs> tell us what you know about the uh, the number two contender. Yeah. And so where, where are they going? What are they doing that's different than Bitcoin? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely invested. I don't have any dollars. <laughs> Full transparency. Nice. This is not financial advice. Maybe that's not the best thing. But this is just a couple of friends talking about. Yeah. I mean, events. just what's happened this year with PayPal adoption you know elon musk putting 1.5 billion dollars on the tesla balance sheet and bitcoin accepting bitcoin i hear apple might make uh that's the rumors something that's also. the rumors it's it's the future of of currencies um you know every every big big player china um the you know the euro they're all looking at creating their own stable coins because you know no one wants to get left behind like the the fiat currency we have now is just so outdated you know mm -hmm. if you want to send a wire to someone it takes days and there's fees and it's just it's a it's, headache it's Absolutely. a joke um so you know it's all moving in this direction and ethereum is really um this amazing project it's not just a currency it's it's also like the first really like what it is is it is a public ledger with smart contracts so that means it's like basically the world's first um like public computer you know it's programmable it's programmable money when you think about it that way you know it's there's so much you can do with it um, like the whole, you know, decentralized finance, DeFi, it's built on Ethereum. Um, so when you look at that, it's, it's, um, it's definitely like, it's the future, you know, a lot of like, even, um, even big banks have, have hired Ethereum to make their own like replicas of Ethereum to be able to send money using that system. Um, and just so much of, of, cryptocurrency is all on that chain so um yeah it's just it's and the other thing that's cool about ethereum right is they're moving to a proof of stake system where bitcoin is proof of work where everyone always criticizes oh doesn't bitcoin use all this energy it's so wasteful it's like yeah it does and like how much energy do the banks use and like mining gold and like right. even the way we're communicating right now and so is Wait, how does, how does I, Bitcoin, wanna, I don't want to interrupt you, but um, so is Ethereum proof of work now? Yes. And it's they're working on converting to proof of stake. Ethereum too uh, is live. You can convert your Ethereum one into Ethereum two. Is that a separate coin that they're going to be having? It's or? Separate. It's a separate. It's a different 
uh, chain. Okay. Um, if you convert that, you will get the, you know, with staking, what's really cool is so proof of an proof of work system. It's these computers that are proving they're validating all the transactions on the network. And the way that they prove that is by um, solving this complex algorithm and there's competition um, to make it so that there's, um, it makes it hard to crack the system. It creates, basically what it does is it creates this, this super powerful computer that's hard to, um, to hack. Bitcoin's never been hacked. Um, so it takes a lot of energy to do that. You know, there's constantly, everyone's constantly updating their mining equipment, right. adding more miners. Um, whereas Ethereum is moving to this proof of stake system where it'll basically be like, so your stake, right? Like what's, if you have Ethereum, then you're staking, you are, you can actually put your, uh, asset in this, um, kind of separate account and you're actually using it to secure the, the network and to basically, um, validate that the the ledger is continuing in an honest way mm -hmm. so the cool thing about that is with staking you're gonna before you even get any yields from DeFi, um if you're staking it you're gonna get like five to ten percent annual interest Amazing. and it's and it doesn't use um all that electricity it's faster mm -hmm. So yeah, it's really, really exciting to see the, the future of finance like mm -hmm. is, is evolving so quickly every day. And it's so cool when you, when you actually start to participate, you know, mm. you get you. And the thing is like, once you do that, you're like, you're like, oh, I get it. This is so much better. It's magic internet money. Mm. You know? yeah, is there a way to lose it somehow? Like if there was like a global outage or something, like, is there a way? Like, are there any, like, what are the downsides of cryptocurrency, if any? Yeah, so Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto, the anonymous creator of Bitcoin, was really genius in this way that he created. Um, it's unstoppable, you know. If, if the whole world went offline, there was some weird solar flare, um, it would just start, you know, it, it would start back up again and... Um, everyone's, everyone's ledger would still be there. Huh. And, you know, what are the chances of that, the internet and, and power shutting down on the, for the whole planet? It's like, even if there was just one, um, just one computer, one computer, <laughs> two computers left, you know, some obscure mm -hmm. place in Iceland, it would still continue to keep the, the block. Keep mine uh, yeah, away. for someone who doesn't know, what is the blockchain as well? Because like, that's what it's all based upon, right? All cryptocurrency yeah, so, is so every, in the blockchain. So every 10 minutes, there's a new Bitcoin block added with all the current transactions. Uh, transactions, the ledger. Who owes what, who has, or not who owes, no one owes anything in Bitcoin. Transfers from here to there. Yeah, who owns it? What and wallet? The, is, uh, are the mining rewards for solving the equations also on the ledger or what do you mean by that? Like, because, okay. So, so you say like to mine Bitcoin, it's like, 
it's confirming all of these transactions that are that are on the the blockchain, right? Correct. And through that, they solve these complex equations. Correct. So then, once the once everything is proven that okay, this Bitcoin was sent here, it's confirmed. We've solved the equation. They get rewarded Bitcoin. Is that then also put onto the blockchain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Basically, you it would just say okay, yeah, this miner, you know, has this address for their mining reward, and it, and then they get that Bitcoin. Nice. And then that is then also just keeps going mm -hmm. like it just keeps going yeah and that's how you know that's the incentive to to have this network to continue crypto is all about incentives it's all about um ensuring the the security and the longevity of these public ledgers so what happens when all of the bitcoin is mined that's what i want to ask too and it's also like, the yeah. lost bitcoin because mm -hmm. there has been quite a bit of Bitcoin lost, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Probably somewhere between like two to three million Bitcoins have been lost. Out of the how many? Did 21 you say? million total. So wow. right now there's been 18 million mined. There's still three million left. And it, every four years there's a halving, a halving, which happens, which means the block reward every 10 minutes, that block is um, the reward is cut in half. So it's, it's um, stopping that, that supply, which cre creates the demand to go up. So it draws it out. Yeah, the so the having the having will stop in like, I think like 100 to 200 years. It'll slowly, slowly, it'll just it'll trickle down. At that point, it will, um, the networks, uh, the mining uh, will, will be, um, just to validate the transactions. The miners will be paid for just validating the transactions and not actually paid for the block reward. And where does the Bitcoin come to pay the miners at that point? Um, from our transactions. Okay, there's so a small, that's the fee. There's a small fee. I see. Yeah. Okay. I have a question. Makes like, sense. How do we adopt this into our society and worldwide in a way that's like, I'm just buying my everyday goods with if with you know crypto of some kind and like how do we just fully integrate that into our society if there's only so much is there enough for every person to have a piece or to, to be able to support their lifestyle on a day-to-day -day basis yeah definitely you know it's it's interesting because it almost seems like too good to be true right mm -hmm. or like a ponzi scheme yeah you know it's like okay i could totally see why people would think that and it's like the more of us band together and uh -huh. like embrace this as like, oh, this is money, this is the future. It's just the value keeps going up and up and up. Um, but it, like, so there is enough for every single person to have a wallet and be able to be able to support oh, their lifestyle. Because it's, it's divisible 100%. too, right? You don't have you to just, have it just one gets Bitcoin cut to have one. Can, I can send you a thousandth of a Bitcoin. Uh -huh. So like in the future, like Bitcoin, one Bitcoin probably will be worth like a million dollars. And then, like, a dollar will be, like, a Satoshi. Like, wow. Be, like, a, and which, I think it's, what? like, a millionth of a Bitcoin or okay, something. Okay, that's what I was wondering. How much is a Satoshi? Yeah. Um, so, huh. here's a question, though. How huh. do we shift the gears as the masses um, to stop, like, finding the value of Bitcoin as related to U.S. dollars? Like, say we make the transition fully from U.S. dollars to Bitcoin, how do we reestablish the value of that to know, like, I'm going to buy some bread, like, 
this is like how much BTC. Yeah, I, me- like I remember how- like eight years ago or seven years ago, a friend wanted to pay me like a couple thousand bucks in Bitcoin. And, and I was like, no, like, give me cash. Like, I want money, bro. <laughs> like something I actually can understand. And I wish I had said yes at that point. But, um, yeah, well, but like, like I yeah, said, it's still, it's still so early. And I think that's, you know, I only got into crypto like a year ago. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just, it never clicked for me until mm. this year. I'm like, oh shit. Like the dollars that I worked hard to earn are getting devalued every day. Right. That's and a really important point too. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what, this is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of ways we can participate in this. It's, um, like on my sh- Shopify site, I have a Coinbase commerce. So anyone can buy glass on my website with Bitcoin or Ethereum and I'll, we will give them a 10% rebate if they mm-hmm. pay in crypto. Amazing. So if you're a business do people owner, do that? yeah. Have you on- seen people do that? Honestly, no, honestly, we haven't seen, uh, seen anyone do it yet to be a hundred percent honest with you it's um, cool that you have that as an option though yeah and that's the thing it's like that just goes to show you how early we are yeah we're mm-hmm. just we're just scratching the surface people yeah i have a friend he was saying that he has some crypto save that he doesn't use and then he also has a wallet that he, he uses for day-to-day transactions and i think that's a really good idea that's cause, great because he's starting to implement that within his circle within his business whatever yeah because you don't want to just hold it and be like oh no my precious bitcoin like yeah. i'm never gonna spend it because that takes away the whole point of it it right? does yeah we so, want to transition into this yeah. collectively so yeah i have um a few different i have a savings account with um BlockFi, which is cool because it's um it's all like super secure like it's on it's in cold storage so like even if the thing gets hacked it's like your private keys are like in a they're like not even in and that's like anywhere. a USB drive type thing, right? Yeah, like exactly. You download your Bitcoin onto this thing <laughs> yeah. and put it in a drawer. Put it in a safe. No, nobody can like hack in that. in a mountain. That is yeah. so yeah. cool that you can do that, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. so it really instills confidence. And mm. then I know that, okay, that's my savings account. I can take out a loan there. Like when I want to buy a house, that's what I'll do. I'll yeah. use my, my Bitcoin and Ethereum as collateral. Okay, give me the cash. I'm not going to sell my Bitcoin and Ethereum. And... Um, you know, the other thing I do is I bought Bitcoin. I bought my first Bitcoin at $9,000 and I've bought it almost every price in between there and $50,000. Yeah. Cause it keeps going up. So I'll just, you know, I'll buy some like, and then I'll charge my debit card with the crypto. And, um, yeah, you know, that way it's like, Wait, so if you put it in, if you buy it at 9,000, you take it out, you put it on your, your little card, you t- and then you, you put it back into the system, what happens with the, like, do you have to pay taxes on that as well then? Like if it's now $50,000, but you bought it at 9,000 and you just put it back into the system, does it regulate itself or how does that work? Um, it's kind of like, I'm just, I'm such a noob with all this, but. Yeah, so I think your question. Don't they like require you to stake more if the value fluctuates also? Yes. Like as far as the loans go? Yeah. So what you're saying is like if, if we, you know, we took that loan today of to buy the house, 25,000, let's just say $25,000, one Bitcoin. Yeah. I want to get a car for 25,000. Um, actually something that's amazing with BlockFi that'll blow your mind. I didn't even realize this. You don't even have to pay the principal of the loan, the principal balance. You only have to pay the, um, the interest 
for the first year and then there's a balloon payment at the end of that year like the actual 25 grand that you have to pay so you can wait you could wait um but you, you have could, to pay that 10 percent interest every month you could month. also theoretically take the loan and reinvest that all into crypto a lot of people do that a lot of people do now, that. now do you see that maybe being potentially hazardous or is that just creating more strength in the market well i don't choose to participate in that just because you know crypto is volatile you know it is it's becoming more it's becoming less volatile i mean i wouldn't say it's becoming less volatile i would say it's becoming less volatile to downward price swings really big downward it's stabilizing in a way like to a lower it's price totally point. stabilizing because people are realizing it's like becoming more adopted yeah it's becoming more adopted like oh shit bitcoin is at 50k even if it dropped to like 30 it's like wow. oh well you know it goes in cycles next right. year it's going to be 100k so why would i mm -hmm. you know sell it um but yeah to answer your question so yeah, yeah. sorry so say i took out i took that 25k i think the value has to drop like less than half Right. Okay. So say Bitcoin goes down to 20 to 20 K next, next week, then, then you have to put more in. Yeah. Then they basically, they hit you up. They're like, yo, you're under collateralized, collateralized. Um, and say you're just like, you never get the email, whatever. I'm, I'm vacationing on a sailboat. They they'll sell some of your, they'll sell some of it. They won't just sell, you know, they won't just leave you asked out. They'll sell yeah. a part, a portion and in hmm. that way you're still um you're still good so does wow. blockfi they're they're pretty new right like how what blockfi has been that? around for two or three years to be honest it's one of those things that i kind of struggle with because they're centralized right they're not a, it's not a decentralized lending platform like ave or um compound or celsius all these other ones that i participate in too um you know it's uh it's kind of a balance it's like how much do you do you trust one system or the other and you know what's more important to you really participating in the full decentralization or or having that security and the, you know these platforms are getting better and better every day so mm -hmm. that's that's totally changing and also it's like this isn't just money that's the cool thing about decentralization they're bringing decentralization to uh, web servers to web searches to social media to, to art too. video to art all of these things where like you know right now 95 percent of the web is um, on google or amazon servers so if they don't like you they're just oh your website's gone like what just happened with Parler, right? Like mm -hmm. they offed them. They offed them, yeah. Amazon. That's Pal. Pal, dude. They took them out. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, they're like, oh, we don't know, free speech. Like, no, sorry, that's too. We need. Damn. We need, to, we need to like force our agenda. Mm. Wild, dude. So <laughs> that's where like Filecoin comes in, right? It's decentralized uh, computer servers that like rewards Ooh. all of us. Like you mm. could be, you know, the next server. You could have a server just running in your in your house and you're getting rewards for for participating in that uh uncensorable type of thing uh there's a really cool project called pre-search which is like a decentralized google 
And this is the, this, and like with, uh, and it's kind of similar to like Brave Browser kind of created this idea, right? With the, they're kind of playing off of them. What they created was the basic attention token. So it's like right now. B-A-T. B-A-T, baby. It's like right now. Put um, that on your list. Yeah. Yeah. B-A-T has been a good one to me for sure. Um, So right now it's like when you see an ad on, on Instagram, right? It's like. Who's getting paid for that? Instagram's getting paid for that. Right. Why is Instagram getting paid? It's our data. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's um, so they're listening with basic <laughs> with basic attention token. It's like um, you, if you want to see ads, then you then you can choose to to get paid for them in cryptocurrencies, and that's the future oh, we're that's living how it into. Works. So you can you can use the because I downloaded the Brave browser yep recently mm-hmm. so it blocks ads dude not only does it block ads you know how YouTube has gotten so bad about ads they're yeah. just getting like more and more like degaff they're like oh yeah ad 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 every second Brave mm-hmm. browser blocks YouTube ads okay because like I can't bring myself to paying that ten dollars a month it's not like that much money but I'm just like fuck you Google like no mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so but then if you watch the ads you're rewarded in the token so they haven't done video yet with basic attention tokens it's more like but other ads it's more like you load your browser uh-huh. right you load brave comes up there'll be like an ad yeah for whatever and then it's like okay cool so here's your one basic attention token for this ad that's what it is one token per ad no it's not that much oh, okay I was gonna say damn. I don't know what it is but um it's a it's a portion it's a portion and, and you, you can know, stack it by doing that stack it you can that's a great way to it. just like put a little bit in your wait so how does like the common person get into this and I feel like I mean I don't even know how to even go about any of this to be honest so have you bought cryptocurrencies before? I have yeah just recently so into it. <laughs> so what piece are you wanting to get more into I mean everything that you're talking about I mean, like, yeah, I feel like this is like almost like learning a completely new language. It is. It is. Um, and it can it can feel daunting sometimes. And it can feel so fucking exciting when you see that, like... Liberating. Yeah, it's liberating. It's like, cool, financial freedom, like, and financial abundance, you know? Like, hey, it's like, we... Cryptos are, are definitely the wave of the future. And, um, yeah, it's a way for us to, to all have abundance... Um, so yeah, you know, everyone has more time that they, that they can donate to learning, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, something I check every day is coin telegraph. It's a really cool platform. It has like all the latest news. Um, and you know, like things like Coinbase, um, where, which is a really popular exchange, right? A lot of people use Coinbase. One of the top dogs. Yeah, they have like videos in there that like explains different cryptocurrencies. They actually like pay you in the cryptocurrency to like watch like a video, a little video lesson. That's really cool. Yeah, and then like you get like one dollar or like you say you get like five bucks, right, for watching the video about Filecoin, and then you see it like a month later, and your five bucks is worth ten bucks, and you're like, oh shit, okay, right. like. <laughs> Dude, I'm stoked. I I just bought Polkadot, and I you know I've. Nice. It, I, you know, I bought it at 25. It's at 30 now. It's only been like just a couple of weeks. 
Yeah, you Dot it feels, is... Uh, it feels exciting. Dot's really exciting project. Um, you feel abundant. Yeah, dude. So, like, Vitalik Buterin, the, the creator of Ethereum, uh, one of the co-founders was actually Gavin Wood. And um, he decided to do his own project with Polkadot. And it's, uh, it's really cool. It's really cool because it's not going to be this one thing where it's like only bitcoin and only ethereum mm -hmm. it's like you know the decentralized world it's we'll get to choose you know what we like what chain you want to support you mm -hmm. know some projects are way more decentralized like i said than others some of them are just like just downright like bat like xrp right like ripple it's like it's just not decentralized really like it's a blockchain it's fast and it's like it's not really like a good project in my opinion like tron like tron is just like is just like it's the the people behind some of these projects are not are not very good now 95 percent of blockchain projects are doing amazing things they're they're you know changing how energy is allocated um they're changing how privacy is managed, all these different things. And um, yeah, I think just, you know, it, it's, it's really up to you. It's like, how, how far do you want to go down the rabbit hole, you know? Right, it's mm -hmm. limitless. And mm -hmm. I've kind of, um, like, I was listening to a video uh, the other day that someone made um, where they were kind of like referring to what's happening in cryptocurrency right now, um, almost like, the dot-com bubble or like when the internet was first starting out like it wasn't always google you know like you had yahoo you had america online totally and then google came you know a little bit later and so um just because some projects are big now like ethereum and stuff like that doesn't mean it's going to be the only thing that does its thing like that and that also when you when you buy these coins on a screen it's not just like like you're just buying money. Like these are actual projects that have people working hard to s create solutions and solve problems in a in our world that we're facing. So, I think that's like a really cool aspect to to look at too. It's like what are you mm -hmm. investing your energy in, mm -hmm. and like what do you want to see happening with this kind of stuff? Totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you're you're definitely supporting people continuing to make it faster to make the you know, the transaction fees cheaper, like it's yeah. all happening like so quickly and it's so exciting to see mm -hmm. how it's all coming online. Wow. I like that you've put yourself on the forefront of, of change at this time, you know, really choosing to be a free thinker, you know, and choosing with your dollar. Lit yeah. Literally what, where you want to place that. Yeah. It's, it's exciting times to be alive. Yeah. You don't, you don't mess with the fiat. You don't, you don't have that much like I'm going to pee um, real quick and I'll answer that question. All right, perfect. Okay. <laughs> this is so great, man. I still feel kind of like a noob, but, uh, <laughs> well, hey, it's a good time to be a noob because yeah. like, like he said, and, and, uh, what we've talked about is like, we're just scratching the surface with all this stuff, you know, mm -hmm. like it's not too late. Mainstream adoption hasn't even happened yet. And even once it does, it's like, I feel, I feel like personally that yeah. this type of thing is inevitable for like the evolution mm -hmm. of, um, not just finance, but like for all of the things that we do, like when we relate socially, economically, and mm -hmm. you know, just all the different things. And so if we can, if we can get on, you know, like now, like there's some really awesome opportunities being made for people to um, create success, to create value and to, you know, 
make some dough, which is super sick. That's true, man. That's really true. And also, I just, I kind of just believe in it, you know, just to get away from Mm -hmm. the centralized banking system in a way and just creating all this kind of fake money in a sense, which I guess crypto is like magic internet money too, though. So I'm still trying to overcome that hurdle, but like it's not backed by gold, right? It's not backed by anything. It's just backed well, by the blockchain. I like blockchain. what you said was the, it's like the incentive thing. It's like there's, there's way more incentives to having crypto and participating in crypto projects than there is holding fiat. Like there's actually yeah. a yeah. disadvantage of holding fiat, at least right now. Like the longer I hold my $100 bill, the less I'm going to be able to buy with it. Whereas if I spend that $100 on some crypto and hold it the same amount of time, it's going to be yeah. way more incentivized for me. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any like long term like just investments? Like any? Have you put everything you have into basically crypto and? Yeah, do you I have, don't. Like, mutual you know, funds. Personally, or? I don't have. I don't have many. Um, I have hardly any U.S. dollars. Like even my company account. You know, I I pulled a uh, a micro strategy, which is this publicly traded company this year, and they they basically they they took. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars, everything they owned, and they just put it into Bitcoin. I was just hearing something about them today. Wow. Yeah, now their company's worth like 10 times as much. Like 600 million wow. they put in, right? Something uh, like that? They did a bunch of different chunks. Right now it's like up to a billion. Oh, wow. They would even went as far as to like borrow debt and just like keep buying crypto. Yeah. Um, I've known several dude, people who I've, became millionaires by doing that. I've thought totally. about just taking out like a fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollar loan, just putting it all into crypto or something. Is that illegal? Well, the thing, <laughs> no, I don't think it is. And it's Maybe like it's you know, move. it's like you always just got to look at what's the upside and what's the downside. It's like <laughs> right. okay, if I put this thousand dollars in, maybe that goes to you know, it depends how risky you want to get. Like mm-hmm. Bitcoin and Ethereum, they're not going to go to zero, but some of the other risky projects, it's like what's your risk tolerance? You know, some mm-hmm. of those projects might go to zero or they might go to a hundred thousand. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, seeing what, you know, it's not backed by gold. Well, the thing about gold is there's no set cap on how much gold there is. They're still finding it. They're still finding gold. So there's, it's not really like a, like, yeah, it's scarce, but huh. it's, we don't really know how much. Gold I saw this comparison. It was like this, uh, this drawing of like these blocks and it was like, this huge skyscraper looking block and they're like this is how much gold there is on the earth and then there's like a small like it's like the size of a couple car batteries and they're like this is how much bitcoin there is and they're like this is how scarce it really is and then i was like because i didn't really i didn't really have an idea of how scarce it really was especially compared to something like gold which they say is scarce well look at the market cap though too i think that's where when you really when you compare gold right it's like okay i want to i i want to send someone in california a hundred bucks in gold, right? Okay. How long is that going to take? Um, or say, no, let's say I want to send them $50,000 in gold. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take? How sketchy is it is if it gets lost? Um, like, how am I actually going to do it? Like it's like, it's physically like heavy. If you hold on to it, you got to like have it somewhere secure. You don't want to leave it just sitting out. Right. There's like, there's all these things that makes gold so, inferior to bitcoin it's non-divisible like what am i gonna do like cut up like a little piece like oh shave yeah, it bro. off yeah no, that's can't. not gonna work so when you think about the fact that bitcoin is like a tenth of the market cap of gold hmm. it's you know it's once mm-hmm. you see that 
Um, but yeah, to answer your question of like, of course I still participate in the fiat world, you know, um, and I, you know, whenever I pay someone, I always just ask them, Hey, do you accept crypto? And, mm -hmm. you know, I try and, I try and, um, let people know, like if I need to send a wire, I try and get our, you know, whoever I do business with to, to embrace crypto because it's just faster. It's mm -hmm. faster. It's, there's less fees and um yeah and it's lit it's fun it's fun converting people to crypto too like somebody's like yeah yeah sure i'll take some ethereum why not fuck it yeah talk to them two weeks later they're freaking stoked yeah <laughs> yeah so if so for the listeners like people who like i just recently got into crypto okay so, so for someone who doesn't have it which platforms would you recommend which projects would you stand behind and what yeah what's the best way for like uh someone just getting into it from, you seem to know what you're talking about. What's your personal recommendation for people? Where would you like to see it go? Yeah, so um, I think we already mentioned Coinbase. I really like crypto.com because mm -hmm. I have, that's, that's where I, mean, I have that's what I'm using. my, my yeah. debit card. You, you turned um, me onto that. Yeah, they're they're I got the cool. debit card, by the way. They, nice. make it, they make it really easy. They do, yeah. yeah. They do, you know. They're sometimes they're not all cards work, and and they're a foreign company, so sometimes you get bank fees. Um, what I've, you know, what I've kind of started to do is is realize it's better to just you know buy in bigger chunks if you can, um, once you like really trust it. Hmm. Um, buy crypto in bigger chunks. In bigger chunks, yeah, because then you're not gonna get like that, you know. Uh, out of country, like there's like a lot of times there's like fees with that. Oh, okay. Foreign transaction fees, right? Because they're the banks. I see. Yeah. Um, that's what they do. They love fees. They're trying to trying to gobble those fees up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, if you're going, go big or go home. Well, if you can, you know, it's do what you can. Do what you can, and then you can always like with Crypto.com, you can convert it in the app, right? You can convert it to different projects. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think Bitcoin is like it's gold 2.0. We know how much how much Bitcoin there will be. It's the it's the most popular one. Um, but Ethereum is really exciting. I yeah. Ethereum I think is um, is going to surpass Bitcoin at some point in market cap. Really? Would be my guess. No one knows, you know. But just the fact that it's faster, it's. Um, it's proof of stake, so it's it's greener, and there's rewards just for holding it, and all of decentralized finance is programmed on top of Ethereum. Um, what about the gas fees, though? So the gas fees are something that they're working on with ETH2 when they finally launch it. Okay. Um, the gas fees are going to be way less, the transaction fees. Yeah, can we explain the gas fees to people who don't know, maybe? Yeah, so... Um, you know, you have to incentivize the network to keep running to validate the transaction that I'm not going to send you a dollar and send you a dollar. You know, the, the, it needs to verify that there's only one dollar being set mm -hmm. and not the double spin problem. So there has to be computational power that is paid. You have to pay the network, right? The gas too. And that's the proof of work right now. Correct. Yeah. So as that transitions to proof of stake, we'll see the hopefully see the gas fees going down. Well, the gas they're going to go way down, and it's not going to go to the miners. It's going to go to all the holders of Ethereum Ooh. because it's proof of stake, right? By you holding your, uh, 
your coin, you're you're validating the network. You're making it safer because you're like kind of locking it up to say like, hey, I'm I'm staking this as a way to um, trust like, in the network. Uh, trust in the network and like to basically tell everyone, hey, I'm helping to validate that this transaction's true. Hmm. Um, so That's yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, Polkadot, like you mentioned, I definitely think is a great project. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting because ETH, Ethereum, it's like they already have this huge network. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, how do we transition into, like slowly transition into this different, like third generation cryptocurrency proof of stake and then sharding where, where it's making it faster, more like, it's like basically like, these different chains that are, it's like one blockchain, but like multiple blockchains within that same chain so that you can validate more transactions at once, more transactions per second, um, cheaper gas fees. Um, but Polkadot kind of just got to have a fresh start with that. So I think like those three projects are really cool. I mentioned Filecoin, which is like decentralized file storage. I think that's really cool. I think pre-search is cool. It's like decentralized Google. Um, I think write these down. basic attention token, you know, it's, it's such a cool browser. Once you start to use it, um, you know, it saves you from having ads and, and, um, rewards you for watching them. Yeah. And then, uh, um, Filecoin. Filecoin. What's the ticker for that? File. F I L E. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I, I've got a lot. I think Aave is really cool. Aave is a decentralized lending protocol. It's like, uh, it's like BlockFi that we spoke about, yeah. except totally decentralized. Hmm. It's like, it's all, all the, anything that happens in the, and to grow that is voted by the owners of the, of the cryptocurrency. It's your, you can actually use that as voting rights. Um, and last one I would say that's really good. I mean, there's a lot. Cardano, the, right? What, what do you think about that? Cardano is great. Yeah, I, I've got a good bit of Cardano. I like Charles Hoskinson. I think he's he's really funny, charismatic on Twitter. So hmm. where do you get your Cardano? Because I was looking on crypto.com and it won't let me buy it on there. Yeah, a lot of people have that issue. Every state is different. Hmm, Every see. state and country is different. Hmm. And exchange is different with which currency that they enable you to have. So, so could you get around that with like a VPN? Um, potentially, or you could just use a decentralized exchange like, like Uniswap. FTX. FTX would work. Uniswap. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think FTX is is a decentralized exchange. I think that's more like a Binance. It's more like a Binance or a okay. Coinbase, but like Uniswap. So it's like this cool idea, right? That you can swap anything on there. Like in the future, like all assets will be tokenized. It's like, if you want to have stock in a company, like you can just have it on the blockchain. And then it's like, you don't have to go through a stock broker. It's like, you can just have it in your digital wallet, decide whatever you want to do with it. You just swap it for whatever else you want. Yeah. So I could, I could buy Ethereum and then swap it um, through Uniswap to Cardano. Yep, okay. exactly. Yeah, you know, Uniswap is actually, um, 
is only Ethereum-based coins, which there's a lot of Ethereum-based coins, so you couldn't do Cardano. Oh, okay. But I actually know there's a, there's a decentralized exchange called uh, PancakeSwap, okay. which is on, on Binance chain, and you can actually swap Ethereum for Polkadot there. Okay, hmm. sick. That's good to yeah. know. Yeah. Um, the other one, two last ones I would say that are really cool, I think, are um, Theta TV and Library. And those are cool because they're both um, video streaming platforms like YouTube, except they can't be um, they can't be censored. And oh, the, damn, definitely, I really want to get away from censorship and using YouTube and things oh, like it's that. So it's so bad. It's crazy. It's gotten so bad. It's yeah. like shocking. And you know, it's like okay, like you guys are going to turn into MySpace. Like that's fine. This is your this is going to be your downfall and we're seeing that now, RIP. especially with new solutions. Mm -hmm. How do you real quick, how do you handle the volatility of the marketplace? You ever have days where you're like, shit, I just lost so much money. Like, what do you do with that kind of, does it ever happen to you? Um, or is it mostly just, just all gains? <laughs> I, you know, I've, I got lucky. I yeah. got lucky that, that I got in when I did. Okay. Like good timing. Yeah. I mean, the market's matured so much mm -hmm. over the, the last year, especially, like I said, with, with the rise of DeFi and the money printing, you know, it's, it's been mostly up for me. And, you know, there are those days where, where you're like, oh, shit, that was, that <laughs> gives, was It gives you nerves <laughs> of steel, though, eh? Like, if you can handle the bad days, it makes yeah. the good days way better. Well, it starts to not affect you as much. Right. Mm -hmm. It just, you're like, okay, like, That's just cool. how it is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's down today. I know it'll be up even more tomorrow. It's only mm -hmm. bad if you sell on the red days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's where, you know, it's, it's uh, in crypto, in the crypto community, it's what they say. You don't want to have weak hands. Right. Mm. So oh, here's a yeah. question. Um, we're in a bullish market right now, but this probably won't last forever. Um, what are your predictions for like how long this bullish behavior is going to last? And like, where do you think like Bitcoin and Ethereum might reach by the end of this or like the peak? Because from the sources that I've been hearing, like we're just getting started with this bullish market and this behavior. And there's, there's going to be a lot of gains coming and, uh, what do you think about all that? Well, Vitalik Buterin, who created Ethereum, um, I saw him on a podcast recently, and he said we're halfway through the bull market. Um, you know, it's not just what they would traditionally in finance call a bull market where all the assets are increasing in value. It's more just a complete paradigm shift. Mm -hmm. you know? I, I feel that. It's I feel like that the too. more we're like, okay, like, let's just have our own sovereign money and participate in this system. It's way cooler. Yes. We can all rise together yes. um, and, and bring back our sovereignty in abundance. So yeah, I think it's just getting started. I mm -hmm. think we're so early still. Yeah. I mean, Dogecoin was like yeah. one of the top 10 coins recently. And it's hilarious. Like, no one's worked on that project in like over five years. You know, it's like, right. hmm. there's uh yeah, there's there's gonna be a lot more. So like, how production. high do you think Ethereum will go this year? I mean, like what? Wolfgang's got some personal stake in it. He says, oh, I I'm just know, curious bro. because I hear some people say some things. I hear like I've heard no some people knows. say Ethereum might hit 10k, and I've also heard that Could you can't 70K? you can't predict the market. Yeah, I've heard anywhere from 10 to 75k. 
Bitcoin well, might hit thing. 100K. Here's the thing with Ethereum. I think right now they still have to figure out how to transition to ETH2. Is that what we're proof seeing? proof of stake and sharding. So yeah. we're looking at another year or two, realistically, till that happens. Once that happens, they are actually going to, the, there's going to actually be a, right now we don't know. We don't know how many Ethereums there's going to be, right? That's why everyone's like, oh, I don't know. Like, mm. we don't know how many there's going to be. That being said, when it reaches that point where it's fully migrated to ETH2, the supply is actually going to start diminishing. They actually created a system where every time we send a transaction, part of that gas is going to get burnt. So it's actually going to become scarcer and scarcer and scarcer. So part of the fee is the currency itself is just being deleted. Yep. That's an intentional, that's a good thing though? Yeah, because... That makes what's left on uh-huh. the network more valuable because right. there's yeah. less of it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's, you know, everyone hmm. who holds that, that currency is going to is going to be incentivized to mm. continue to hold it. And that's the thing that's so cool about it. It's like, you know, in this typical economy, it's always like just, you know, buy, you know, buy, buy, like, you know, so many people just buy like retail therapy, right? It's like a term, just like buying shoes or like a new shirt or something. And it's like, right. whoa, well, actually, like there's only 21 million Bitcoin. I really like want to actually like kind of hold on to this. It's like actually kind of special which is kind of cool. It like changes your psychology on savings versus spending. Um, yeah. If I, if I had to guess uh, price prediction for 2022, January one, ETH $10,000, Bitcoin $250,000. Coming out swinging. Wow. <laughs> wow. He is not. I don't is, know. He is not. So it, not could be, yeah. it could be half the price it is right now, but mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't. Yeah. I think it's, I think the cat's out the bag. I mean, it's only cool. February and we just hit 50K Bitcoin. It was like 20K at the beginning of the year. Exactly. Like under 20K. I mean. And because Bitcoin, there's just a limited amount. It's just going to probably just keep going up and up essentially. Uh, well, the thing is, it's becoming more scarce, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not going to sell my Bitcoin. Yeah. It's like once those miners sell it, mm-hmm. then like, you know, it's just less people are, are mm-hmm. going to want to sell. So what does that do when there's when there's less available mm-hmm. on the market? The yeah. price goes up. So that's a majority of what's being sold is by miners, you think? Or what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, they have to, you know, that's how they're incentivized to keep the lights lights on they gotta pay for what they're doing they gotta pay for for the electricity mm-hmm. yeah. and, and buying the latest it's, it's not rigs. cheap doing the mining you gotta have some super advanced computers to be able to solve those equations yeah bitcoins is the most powerful supercomputer in the world right now yeah have you gotten into that are you mining or have you thought about creating your own cryptocurrency uh, with your circle of friends or no you know there's so many good projects out yeah. there what i w- am excited about is putting my company on on uh, tokenized equity nice i was gonna ask you about yeah that. so people can invest in the company and hold water coin Ooh. and then it's like okay cool do i want to sell it i sell it whenever i want it's mine it's like i don't need a stockbroker or do i want to let that sit 
in my wallet for a few years and let that water charge up yeah (laughs) (laughs) could be like a sacred geometry wallet that just (laughs) charges up your water coins yeah so that that piece is really exciting for me and then like you know traditional stock market it's like there's dividends right yeah so it's like cool like airdrop airdrop like here's your dividend for your investment so that's something I'm definitely excited about. That's so freaking lit, dude. That is lit, man. It's um, it's like redefining and recreating a new culture, basically. I feel totally. Like it's, yeah, it's a whole new world we get to mm-hmm. we get to create, and it's um, it's one where there's there's more of a decentralization of power, and mm-hmm. it's not just these these tech big tech that that decides what we what they want us to hear or what they want us to see, and mm-hmm. and you know capitalizing off of our data. So yeah, it's uh, it's the future. It's happening. We out here, Council of Lit Fam. Wow, we should create a coin for the council. Yeah, yeah, we definitely can. That's we can idea. do that. Council some, coin. some lit coin. Lit coin. I guess, we didn't well, even get like... into NFTs, did we? No, we didn't. I mean, <laughs> what we is keep that? going? What, how how are we for? Time? Well, I mean, it's up to you guys. I can go all night. Yeah, um, I should actually get going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chris has to leave, but um, I wanted to ask you real quick. Like, just have just like a few more minutes and then you can go? Or sure. should we just bounce right now? Yeah, I, I got a few. Can we just bring it into something, some personal things real quick? Um, one of your, <laughs> you know, we talked about your business. We talked about crypto. Um, who was the most influential man in your life? Ooh. <laughs> um, who is the most in- influential man in my life right now? Yeah, well, because we had Dakota on your partner on the last show oh, yeah. and we we're talking about sisterhood and, and we asked her what they do at the the ladies gatherings he was like well, what do you guys do when you get together and she uh told us that one of the things that they did at one of the last gatherings they did was like they all kind of went around in a circle and talked about who the most influential woman was in their life and shared ah. that so i think that's where yeah, i was just kind of curious from. yeah like yeah who's been your inspiration who's been your who's helped you or who inspired you on the the masculine level i guess hmm I think, you know, Daniel Vitalis definitely inspires me. Oh. Um, you know, I, I've, I've become more closer with him over the years, so it's interesting. Like, I have, uh, I, I see him less on a pedestal than I did before because I realize now how human he is. Um, at the same time, I just really, um, I think it's beautiful that he lives his life um, hunting and, and foraging and just really living in, nature you know i know for me the more time i spend out hunting and foraging the better i feel being connected with the landscape getting the freshest food appreciating it so we can you know figure out good ways how to um preserve it you know that's so important just getting out into nature and i think it's really beautiful how he's created a whole um, wild fed podcast and, and television show where they actually show these practical ways to hunt and and forage and and make delicious meals out of it and um yeah it's definitely something i aspire to more hunting and and fishing and you know like what you do with collecting cocos you know it's so Mm. rewarding something like that just um being outside and fresh air and physical exercise there's there's nothing quite like it it's the best absolutely (laughs) thanks for answering that question i appreciate it I have so many cool, more bro. questions for you, but another time. This was you know? a this was a really yeah. good uh, good podcast, and uh, maybe we can get together again in the future and just dive deeper with a lot of this stuff. But thank you so much for coming on and just uh, 
sharing everything you know from water to crypto to business and just uh yeah giving us a little bit yeah. of incentive here at the council of Lit thank to you so much learn bro. and do more my yeah. pleasure it's exciting times to be alive and um yeah it's uh we're living in the future so it's uh the, the resources are here and it's mm -hmm. uh it's exciting to embrace it and see how it's all it's all coming together mm -hmm. yeah wake up and stand for what you believe and i feel like you really embody the divine masculine in a lot of ways you know by taking action preserving holding space protecting and also you're really in touch with your you're more sensitive side as well. And I really appreciate that about you. So thank you. Thank you, bro. Your inspiration to us all and keep it up. You definitely keep it lit, bro. Thanks for doing what you do. Thanks for coming on. And thank you again to all the council members out there for tuning in yet again and keeping it lit with all of us. Um, we out here. Yeah. Get your lit coin in the future. Yeah. We'll have lit coin, <laughs> cocoa coin. We're out here. I'm going to invest in this guy's business over here. Yeah. Water coin. Bring it on. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Cool. Thank Council you so much. Council of Lit out. Bless up. Stay tuned. <laughs>